Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Diversion Podcasts. Hey, my name is Kobe Bryant, and I love to play basketball. And it's always been my dream, my goal to play in the National Basketball Association ever since I was I was four or five years old. And I've always loved the game. Uh, I love the smell of the leather, hardwood, the concrete on the playground, switch to the net. And I just I just really love the game. I don't know where that came from, but it's just always been there. You probably know that voice. That was Kobe Bryant, basketball superstar for the Los Angeles Lakers, five-time NBA champion, 18-time All-Star, Academy Award-winning filmmaker, children's book author, husband, father, sometimes a lightning rod for controversy and conflict, always a competitor beyond compare, a global icon. When Kobe, his daughter Gianna, and seven other people died in a helicopter crash, In January 2020, Kobe was as famous, as recognizable, as any athlete on the planet. Over his two decades with the Lakers, he scored 33,643 points. That's more than Michael Jordan scored, more than Wilt Chamberlain scored, way more than Dr. J or Shaquille O'Neal or Larry Bird scored. Kobe also won five championships and two Olympic gold medals. His nickname was the Black Mamba because he was so deadly when the game mattered most. And you know what's funny about that nickname? Kobe gave it to himself, which kind of tells you everything you need to know about it. I'm just going to be the same person I've been up to this point. In high school, I was just a basketball player with a lot of confidence that went out there and played well and just wanted to win the basketball game. You know, and that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a basketball player that just enjoys the play. But the tapes you're hearing aren't from the later years of his Lakers career, when Kobe was already a celebrity. They're from 1996 and 1997, just a few years after he and his family moved back to the United States. They'd been living in Italy for eight years. Some of the tapes I want to play for you are from when Kobe was a senior at Lower Marion High School near Philadelphia. Some are from the weeks just after he graduated. And some are from his first season with the Lakers. All of them are from the time in his life when he was still just 17 or 18 years old, when he was just beginning his path to glory. I always played basketball uh, with my family. We moved to Italy. I was raised over there. I think matured very well over there, faster than anybody else here in America, maybe. And when I came back, I had to adapt the lifestyle. I loved the game of basketball because it was totally different, more fast-paced. Life was more upbeat. Playing the basketball floor was more physical, so I had to adapt in both frames. That was the thing about Kobe. He practically grew up before our eyes. We saw his greatest moments, like when he scored 81 points in one game against the Toronto Raptors in 2006. 
or when he scored 60 points in his final game for the Lakers against the Utah Jazz 10 years later. And we saw his worst moments, his arrest for sexual assault and the resulting scandal that bled from 2003 into 2004. At best, for his most devoted fans, it remained a yeah, but fact about him for the rest of his life. At worst, it was an alleged act so reprehensible that, to some people, it turned him into a villain forever. No matter what your perspective is on Kobe, though, you have to admit that he was more than just famous. He was a fascinating figure. And these tapes I'm going to play for you over the course of this series provide a glimpse of Kobe that few people had while he was alive. This is Kobe as he was. But more than that, this is Kobe as he was figuring out who he would be. I'm Mike Sealski, and from Diversion Podcasts, this is I Am Kobe. I love Episode 1, The Tapes. When you step in between the court, it's just time to just put all your problems aside and just relax. Just have a good time. And you get home and try to work things out. And try to see uh, you know, what the problem is. But I, I always kept telling them, don't care, let it affect you as a person. You know, the problems that you have, it can either make you weak, it can make you stronger. And you have to know where to channel you know, those problems. So where did these tapes come from? Well, to answer that, let's introduce you to another important character in the story. I, I mean, he absolutely knew all eyes were on him. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean if, if your expectation is you're going to jump from high school to the NBA, then you yourself know you're, you're different and you're special. <laughs> and I think he knew that and he knew his talents were amazing. That's Jeremy Treatman. You probably haven't heard of him, not unless you've immersed yourself in all the details of Kobe's life story or in the history and culture of Philadelphia area high school basketball. Jeremy has been a mover and shaker in that world for about a quarter century. These days, he has a company that arranges, organizes, promotes, and televises high school and college basketball tournaments. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Dwight Howard, all of them played in games in high school that Jeremy set up. He founded a camp for teenagers who want to become play-by-play voices. And he gets some of the biggest names in the business to speak to the kids. Adam Schefter, Tracy Wolfson, Charles Barkley. I'm going to go with Scotty Barnes out of Florida State as my favorite prospect in this draft. Scotty Barnes is a 6'8 small forward. He's 225 pounds. He's an absolute athletic demon, and his upside is through the roof. But for the SBC radio show, make sure to call us, 732-804-900. Jeremy is high intensity, and he'll admit to you he can come off a little bit neurotic at times. That's how he's been able to build his career. And that career began back in the fall of 1992, when he was 26 years old, writing for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he met a 14-year-old kid named Kobe Bryant. 
Thank you. Is this all of them? Oh, I was gonna say. Hey, we wanna put, leave them in there for a sec? Oh, no, you tell you what. Let me put them in the kitchen. Jeremy and I met up one afternoon in August 2021 at his brother's house on Long Beach Island, New Jersey. Chalky, Jeremy's 10-year-old chocolate lab, joined us too. What you just heard is me removing two large Ziploc bags full of microcassette tapes. Tapes that I use to write a book about Kobe. Tapes that you'll hear throughout this series. Tapes that Jeremy made. Jeremy didn't just meet Kobe, he coached Kobe. And he became a confidant to Kobe. They were close friends. So close that the two of them roomed together during a trip to South Carolina when the Lower Marion Aces went down there for a tournament. So close that when Kobe decided he was skipping college and going straight to the NBA, Jeremy was one of the first people he told. So close that during Kobe's senior year of high school and his first season with the Lakers, he and Jeremy began sitting down for long interviews and collaborating on a book. It was Jeremy who was the one asking Kobe questions on all those tapes. Well, a story about Kobe, and there's a line in there that said, and an old friend, Jeremy Chapin, is planning to write a book on him. The book never got written, and as the years passed, their relationship changed. In some ways, they grew apart. In some ways, you could argue Jeremy wasn't really a part of Kobe's life anymore. They didn't stay in close contact. Kobe had become a global superstar, and there were only so many people in his inner circle. Jeremy really wasn't in Kobe's orbit anymore. When they did see each other and interact, there seemed a growing distance between them. It was natural, really. Kobe was off in L.A., growing older, moving on from high school in Lower Marion, winning NBA championships, becoming a star for the Lakers, becoming more famous than just about anyone had expected him to become. Anyone except maybe Kobe himself. All the while, Jeremy stayed in the Philadelphia area, working in the sports media industry, becoming a basketball promoter and entrepreneur. The two of them didn't see each other nearly as much as they once did. They weren't nearly as close. But Jeremy's loyalty to Kobe and the Bryant family never wavered. Whenever Kobe was in the news for one reason or another, and CNN wanted to talk to someone about him, Jeremy was just a phone call away, happy to describe who Kobe was as a kid and to explain how that young Kobe was connected to this grown-up Kobe. And think about it. If you were Jeremy Treatman, why would you want that connection to Kobe to be severed? You were at the ground floor for one hell of a rocket ride. The first time somebody handed me these, I was like, you know, there was a time I really was close to Kobe Bryant. This was the time, you know. This is like 30 tapes of just me and him sitting there talking, nobody else. Uh, before he got into the NBA, while he was in high school, Actually, when he was in the NBA, first two years, I mean, this, this culminates, I think, a four or five year period. Um, it was a special time, you know, to be, to be like a small part of history of like one of the most iconic people to ever live in his or her profession, in this case, basketball. It's kind of an amazing thing. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, this is Mike Sealski, host and writer of I Am Kobe. This podcast project came out of my work on a related book called The Rise, Kobe Bryant and the Pursuit of Immortality. If you want to explore other parts of Kobe's story, check out The Rise. It's not just a book version of the podcast. I dive deeper into some of the topics covered in this series and even some that we don't cover at all. Kobe's upbringing, his family, his identity, his effect on his friends and teammates, his journey into the NBA, and his earliest days with the Lakers. The Rise, Kobe Bryant and the Pursuit of Immortality is out now. Just head over to theriseofkobebook.com and you can buy it from any of your favorite retailers. That's theriseofkobebook.com. Thanks. My name is Mike Sealski. I've covered sports in the Philadelphia area for more than 20 years the last eight as a columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Philadelphia is as sports-crazed as any city in the country. And as a columnist, I have the freedom to weigh in on the Eagles in the fall, the Sixers and Flyers in the winter, and the Phillies in the summer. It's the job I always wanted. My favorite part of it, though, is being able to tell a story, especially a human one. A story that's not really about sports. A story that has a new and unique angle on a person or a topic that has already been covered a lot. A person, for instance, like Kobe Bryant. I covered Kobe sporadically throughout his 20-year career in the NBA, usually when the Lakers were in town. I was there in Philadelphia to cover the 2001 NBA Finals when the Lakers faced the Sixers. During one press conference, Kobe told Sixers fans that he planned to cut their hearts out. And then he did. The Lakers won the series, Kobe's second championship in five games, celebrating on the Sixers' home court. I was there in the Lakers' locker room in March 2007. Things between Kobe and the team were rocky then, and he was still trying to cleanse himself of the stain of the sexual assault charges and scandal in Colorado a few years earlier. The Lakers lost to the Sixers that night in Philly, and I asked Kobe after that game, if he had given any thought to finishing his career with his hometown team. He told me, it would be nice to play here. In high school, it's all I thought about. And I was there in December 2015 for Kobe's final NBA game in Philadelphia. During a press conference before that game, he recalled his fondness for playing in his hometown. Hey, you come into this arena. What are some of the behind-the-scenes things that maybe people that you've known since you grew up here do for you or, or some of the fun things that happen? Yeah, I love it, man. Every time I come here, there's, there's fresh pretzels sitting at the top of my locker. you played with a lot of great point guards. I knew Jeremy Treatman, too. I met him in 1996 when I was in college, just starting my writing career, not long after Kobe had finished high school, just after one journey had ended and just before another began. Jeremy had tried to co-author Kobe's memoir in the late 1990s, and when that didn't work out, he approached me in 2009 about collaborating on a book. It would focus exclusively on Kobe's senior year in high school. 
Jeremy was crushed that he couldn't find the tapes of the interviews he'd conducted with Kobe all those years before, but he did have transcripts of several of them. He had remained in close contact with many members of Lower Marion's 1995-96 state championship team, including Greg Downer, Kobe's coach. Of course, I had to ask, would Kobe help us? Not much, Jeremy told me. But we knew he returned to the Philadelphia area at least once a year and often visited Lower Marion when he was in town. Maybe we could catch him for a couple of minutes at his old high school or in the locker room after a game. It would be enough. We could do this. Actually, no, we couldn't. At least not in 2009. I was offered and I accepted a new job in New York and I had to relocate. Jeremy and I scuttled the project. Kobe's death, though, gave his life a new, more intense resonance. Writing about him as a columnist, I could go and had gone only so deep. There was so much more there. It seemed certain anecdotes about him had been repeated incessantly over time, as if those memories alone explained it. But what about the forces and circumstances and people who had shaped him before he was even born? What kind of effect did growing up when he did, where he did, have on him? What people influenced him when he was younger? And how did he, in turn, influence them? There was so much of the man we still didn't know or had forgotten, especially from those all-important formative years, before he was the Black Mamba. Here's Kobe speaking to Charlie Rose in a 2001 60 Minutes interview about how growing up in Italy influenced him. Learned Italian. Learned Italian. Started first grade over there in an Italian school. I was six, uh, my sister was seven, my older sister was eight. What influence do you think it had on you? Uh, I think it, it made me more mature. You know, we had to grow up a lot faster. I think it, uh, it brought us closer together as a family. Because us moving out there into a whole other world, we didn't speak the language, we didn't know anybody. Uh, we had to bond with one another, uh, more so than anything. Kobe entered the NBA when he was just 17 years old, which made it seem as if he'd sprouted fully formed from a hill in Hollywood. People got to see his triumphs. The Lakers have won back-to-back NBA championships. And they're 16th overall. And they got to follow his controversies. The case the whole country is watching. New details and new questions about the accuser of NBA star Kobe Bryant. And they saw him become a lightning rod. And for many people, he remained one for the rest of his life. When Shaq sits up there and says that Kobe didn't want to give him the ball during the final series that they lost the five games to the Detroit Pistons, I'll be damned if he's lying. But I knew there was also a compelling story about his life before the Lakers. It was a story worth telling with as much honesty and accuracy as possible. You can sense Kobe's passion for basketball in this 1996 clip from NBC10 Philadelphia when he was just a kid with aspirations to make it to the NBA. But the superhero tonight was Kobe. The junior simply refused to lose as he took over the game in crunch time, pouring in 18 fourth quarter points, pulling the aces ahead. Every time Lower Marion needed a bucket, number 33 would deliver. So I started researching and writing my own book about Kobe. And I found that there were people who were eager to help me. Jeremy Treatman was one of those people. He gave me the transcripts of his interviews with Kobe. They were terrific, really insightful, and I was trucking along with my manuscript as Christmas 2020 approached, my book deadline less than two months away. Then, 
Jeremy called me on December 22nd. He was about to move from his townhouse in Philadelphia, which he had owned for years, to Boca Raton, Florida. He'd been cleaning out his garage and loading up his car for the trip. I'm an extremely hard worker. I think I've done very well for myself, but one of the things that I've never improved on is procrastinating. Mm -hmm. I'm a procrastinator, as Mike Sielski has found out. So when I decided to move, and I just kept looking at my garage, looking at my garage, I said, somebody's got to get, somebody's got to do this. Who can I hire? Who can I get to do this? Like, you know, there's only one person who can do this and go through 75 boxes in my garage, and that's Jeremy Treatman. I'm the only one who knows what to throw out, what to do, so I had to make myself do it because I was out. I had a band coming to move the stuff, and so I went down to my crawl space. I said... I'm going to look for these Kobe tapes one more time. They're in that crawl space. I know I put them there because that's where I put my old tapes, all my games, my videos, all my articles for Athlon, all these magazines I wrote for in the 90s and early 2000s. And I found all that stuff except the tapes. And I went down there again. I risked smashing my head down there. You can barely, there's barely a light on. And I couldn't find them. I was frustrated. And then, I, you know, I was, I was going through these boxes, boxes. I was about a day, day and a half away from leaving. And I found a bunch of Kobe stuff, including uh, the, the signed cards and the, the Magic Johnson. I knew where those were, the Magic Johnson signed cover. Those, I knew where they were. I always had those protected. Um, and then I was just moving things, and I go, oh, my God, micro cassettes, micro cassettes, shelf two, back, back wall. This is it. And I looked, and one said Kobe on it, and I was like, no, it can't be. I was like, yes, yes. And I was like... We call Joe, we call Pam. No, I can't call him. All right, let me call Mike Sielski. So he did. I'm still surprised I didn't drop the phone. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Early the next morning, I drove 45 minutes from my home to Jeremy's. Both of us masked against COVID, he reached into a cardboard box on a shelf and removed a plastic zip bag of microcassettes, 20 of them in all, and the device he had used to record. The recorder didn't have batteries. It didn't even have a panel for the opening where you insert the batteries. Some of the cassettes had Kobe written on them in long faded ink. One said Joe. Not all of them were interviews with Kobe, but enough of them were. And on these cassettes, in the recordings I eventually spent hundreds of hours listening to, there were glimpses of the athlete and the man that Kobe became. You have to realize that on a nightly basis, a guy can come out and kill you. <laughs> so you just have to prepare yourself. And I, I think that, I know I'm going to prepare myself. If a guy comes out and kills me, I'm not going to sit back and let him kill me. I'm going to do everything I can to stop him. And if you, even if he does light me up, I have to look at the videotape and say, what did he do? That, that beat me every time. <laughs> Next time I play him, I'm going to know every move. I'm going to know when he touches his nose, when he touches his ear, I'm going to know everything. 
Jacoby said that to Jeremy Treatman in 1997. It's difficult to comprehend how long ago that was. Bill Clinton had just been re-elected president, but the news of the Monica Lewinsky scandal hadn't broken yet. The terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001 were four years away. Email was still a new, exotic technology that most people didn't use. And Jeremy Treatman was tight with the kid who would become the best basketball player in the world. This podcast tells the story of a friend of Kobe Bryant's who had a front row seat for a wild ride few others have witnessed. A guy who was Kobe's closest confidant, who knew things about Kobe and saw sides of him that no one else got to see. A guy who will help you see the great Kobe Bryant in an entirely new way. This series also tells the story of how Kobe Bryant prepared himself to become a unique athlete and a larger-than-life figure. You'll meet the Kobe who only so many people knew. The Kobe who was a teenager in 1990s America. The Kobe who was unsure of himself when he started high school. Who changed a high school basketball program and an entire community. The Kobe who dared to believe he could become an NBA player without going to college at a time when believing such a thing was considered crazy. The Kobe who would go on to alter professional sports for everyone who followed him and who transcended what it meant to be a professional athlete on the world stage. I want to tell you the story of the young Mamba. I Am Kobe is a production of Diversion Podcasts in association with iHeartRadio. This season is written and hosted by me, Mike Sealski. It's produced by Jacob Bronstein and directed by Mark Francis. Story editing by Jacob Bronstein with editorial direction from Scott Waxman. Editing, mixing, and sound design by Mark Francis. Stephen Tompkins is our production assistant. Our theme music is Create Yourself by Grover Brown, featuring Justin Starling. Find Create Yourself wherever you stream music. Music supervisor is Scott Velasquez for Freesound Sync. Executive producers are Mark Francis and Scott Waxman. Join the conversation about I Am Kobe on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at Diversion Pods. Thanks to Oren Rosenbaum, Susan Canavan, and Jeremy Treatment. Hey, look, I rise before the sun. They don't understand when I say the grind is fun. Never clock out even when my work is done. If they trying to block me, I might hurt someone. Through the blood, sweat, and tears, we persevere. Stay killing it. Let it keep the hearses near. If they don't believe in themselves, they revert to fear. Now the champ is here, so I'm telling them, that's my ambition. The reason why my work's so damn different. To the negatives, I can listen. See me at the top, you can listen. I'ma mold the clay like cash is See, I pay my dues plus taxes Gotta work ethic and grind ahead of its time If someone say that they made you, tell them you create yourself I'm the best you finna watch us, boy It's about that time You gotta stay clocked in, break by break We create ourselves. Watch me, watch me, create myself Shack clock, time's up, create yourself Nice, go hard, create yourself. Gotta learn from the great minds. No, we ain't lying, tell them that it's game time. This talent wasn't given, it was made. 
The future anytime I can change Better tell them that I made it back home As I walk through the halls of the fame I came from the valley of the shadow of death Waiting for a silver spoon, don't hold your breath Same town, same dream, but I did it with less I know who I'm meant to be, so there's nothing to guess Yeah, there's nothing to guess It's our time, tell them we up next We don't got any regrets I did it with my two hands and we never forget That's my ambition The reason why my work's so damn different To the negatives I can Listen, see me at the top, you can Listen, for real Rebuild, reshape Give it your all, you got to risk take Do it now and I'm saying why wait Someone say that they made you Tell them you create yourself From the best you finna watch Us by It's about that time You gotta stay packed in Break by break We create ourselves Watch me Watch me Create myself Shack clock Time's up Create yourself Stay nice Go hard Create yourself Gotta learn from the great minds No, we ain't lying Tell them that it's game time Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 